Hey guys, welcome to So What Else. I'm Caitlin. This week, we have a very special episode of So What Else. It's a holiday weekend, so we thought we'd switch it up a little and do our second official So What Else book chat. I'm so excited. You guys probably remember several months ago, we did one on Daisy Jones and the Six. Today, we have a lovely book chat with some of my lovely friends, and we are talking about the book, Where the Crawdads Sing. This book was wildly popular. So many people that I know read it. I absolutely loved it when I read it a few years ago, and then I reread it to prep for this chat, and I think I might have even loved it even more the second time. It is such a good book, but let me just be honest with you guys. This book chat is full of spoilers, okay? So if you are planning on reading the book, read the book first and then listen to the chat, okay? Because it's for sure full of spoilers. But the reason we chose this book is because the movie version is coming out in July. So we wanted to just get pumped for that. Reese Witherspoon is producing it. So that is why we chose this book, not only because we all loved it, but also just to prep ourselves and get pumped for the movie. So again, there are spoilers here, um, but we get into so much of it, debating stuff. I absolutely loved it. For those of you who don't know, Where the Crawdads Sing is about a girl named Kaya who is raised in the marsh off the shores of North Carolina. It's just like a beautiful, heartbreaking coming of age story with also like a little whodunit murder plot twist at the end. It's just so good. Okay. So listen as we chat about where the crawdads sing. I hope you love it. Welcome to our second official So What Else book chat. Yay! Okay, so my first one was Daisy Jones and the Six, and I was joined by Lauren and Kate and Dustin. This time, I have a bunch of my, four of my best friends here. Let's go around and introduce ourselves. Hi, I'm Rachel. Hi, I'm Talita. Hi, I'm April. Hi, I'm Kate. All right, so you guys, okay, Kate was on episode one. So Kate is the OG So What Else (laughs) guest. And she's back for episode whatever this is, 60-something. Or are we on 70 yet? I don't know. I have to check. 60-something. So that's exciting to have you back, Kate. Glad to be here. Yay. So, okay. Why are we friends? We've been friends for five years. No. Because I first... Well, more. But we've been officially, like, a group for five years. Because I feel like the first time I came... And met up with you guys for coffee. Jace was like six months old. And now she's five and a half. No. I, I knew of you before that. Because we all went to the same church. Kate and I like went back to like teenage years and then lost touch and then got back all that. Rachel, I met you. I remember it to this day. The first day at our new church. You mm. and Josh came up and introduced yourselves with Jack and Ava. I remember you. Talita, I remember you from you bringing us a meal when we had Jace. Oh, that's right. Right? Even though I didn't know you. And April, we went for like, we met up for like a walk or something some one time. I was pregnant. Yes. Okay. But then once Jace was like six months old was when we became like an official, like, we are a mom's group and we get together once a week or something like that. Or like we just kick the dads out of the group. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> didn't it start with park playdates? That's what it was. Ooh. We were doing like weekly park playdates and then... Sometimes the evening, whatever. But the point is we've been doing this now for five years. So here we are. And so in those five years, we've had a lot, a lot of discussions about fiction books. So it just made sense when I heard that good old Reese 
our, our wonderful pal Reese <laughs> was releasing a movie about where the crawdads sing. I knew everybody in this group had already read that book because we all talked about it. So I said, let's record a book chat. So we all reread it. And here we are. Here we are. Here we we're are. so we're excited. And Matt's in the room, but he doesn't have a mic. He's not talking. He's just sitting there. So we're going to pretend like he's not there. But hi, <laughs> Matt. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> so Where the Crawdads Sing, it was like, I should have looked up when it was released. But when it came out, it was like one of those books that everybody read. 2018. I, 2018. Thank you. You're amazing. Okay. So like, I feel like everybody read it. And then this summer, this July, they're coming out with the movie. Which, okay, so before we get into the book, I just wanted to have like a few little reactions to the trailer. So first and foremost, I heard an interview with Reese. And if people don't know who we're talking about, Reese Witherspoon. So she does this thing every week, every month. What is it called? Like Reese's Book Club or something? Yes. Yeah. So she suggests books. Daisy Jones and the Six was on it. Crawdads is on it. Honestly, I use that as kind of like a frame of reference for picking a new. She, I, I like good. the books that she likes. Whatever book she t- tends to suggest, I tend to like. So anyway, I heard an interview with her though. And like, she's like, oh, like, you know, we're coming out with a movie for Where the Crawdads Sing. Like when I read the book, I knew it had to be a movie. And it's a thriller. She described it as a thriller, which I felt like was a little bit of a stretch of that term. Do you guys feel like it's a thriller? No. No, right? absolutely like, not. There are thrilling parts, but it's not a thriller. To me, that's saying that it's more focusing on like the latter half of the book. Correct. Whereas the beginning is more character development, her history. Yeah. So I wouldn't have called it a thriller, but I guess I'm curious to see what they focus on. Yeah. So you're right. Maybe the movie is really just focused on the what the trial, which I guess that part's thrilling. But I don't know, thriller. No, it was, no. I'm picturing more like gore, not, not gory, but like, I don't know. This book is not a whodunit. No, not like really. Oh, there's a twist. There's a turn. That's how I categorize a thriller. I agree. I actually I agree. feel like it's more of a coming of age story. Yeah. Yes. I, I would agree with you. So I was kind of surprised when she was like, it's a thriller. I was like, oh, Reese, 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 Reese. Like, what is, mm. so I'm a little nervous about the movie in that sense. Like, are they going to change it? Because you're right. Like, I really feel like it's very coming of age, which I'm concerned that maybe that's not going to be it. But anyway, what do you guys think of the actress whose name I don't know, playing Kaya? My sister actually knows who she is. Like, so it's not like she's like an unknown person. She's somebody. And I feel bad that I don't know her name off the top of my head, but I I don't recognize her. It's so hard to cast a movie of a book that so many people have read. I know. Because everyone that reads the book has a picture in their mind of what this girl looks like. And to me, when I'm picturing Kaya, I'm picturing darker skin from being tan, from living in the marsh without sunscreen, and long black hair. They say it a thousand times in the book. Long black hair. Long black hair. Long black hair. This actress has light brown hair. Yeah, no. No. That was an easy thing. Dye her hair. I feel like they also, I don't know if um, the author alludes to this or she comes out and says it directly, but they, I feel like she also implies she's exotic looking. Yes. This actress is not exotic looking. She's very vanilla for very lack basic. of a better word. Yes. Not in a bad, that was so mean, very basic. I just mean she's like a classic pretty person. <laughs> it is what it is. Yes. Reality. Like she's just a classically pretty person, but she's exactly like you're picturing like the marsh girl, like long, crazy black hair and yeah, like tan skin and just like, I don't know, like piercing eyes. Like I just, when I saw the actress, I was kind of like, oh, I don't know. But I feel bad. Like, listen, if I was an actress, 
actor or whatever, I would never want to be cast as a character from a book because you're always going to like let someone down because everyone has a different mental image. Agreed. But I just wasn't sure about that. But anyway, any other thoughts about the trailer? Where are Tate's curls? Oh, yeah. I, I he didn't know. he didn't look at all like I envisioned. Yeah. I actually confused when we were watching the video. I was like, wait, is that Tate or is that Chase? Yes. I actually felt they should have been swapped. Yeah. That the blonde should have been Chase and the one with the dark hair would have been Tate. I know that Tate had curls, but yeah. that's not at all what I picture Tate looking like. No, I know. I, I thought so too. I was like, oh. I also wonder, could he have been the older Tate? Like, oh. you know, when he comes back from college, like, I'm not sure. So maybe his hair is really short and he just cuts off the curls. Because the curls were such a part of the book. And yeah, her, like even so. in the painting with the mom, it's like the, the blonde curls, right? Isn't that like a thing? Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. So that's a, you know, so I'm going into the movie cautiously. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not, I, am I going to see it? Absolutely. Am I excited to see it? Absolutely. Am I nervous it's going to let me down? Absolutely. I, I feel like it looks so dark. And maybe that's I, where she's like trying to make the thriller thing happen. Like the trailer looks so dark yeah, and everything's it's not gray. A dark book. No. Yeah. And everything like her marsh is beautiful and yeah. green and vibrant and full of life. And nothing about the trailer was full of life. I agree. It is dark. But if we heard the premise of the book without reading. True. It is a dark story. <laughs> like, that's it's a true. terrible that's story. True. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's my perception of it anyway. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, it's about, like, a litter, like an orphan girl who, like, grows up alone in a marsh by herself and then gets accused of an, a murder. Like, it, it is sad stuff, for sure. But for some reason, when you're reading it, I didn't picture dark. Well, I think no. April's description of it being a coming-of-age story would be what I thought of it more and yeah. almost the murder mystery as more of a subplot sure that like yes sideline than the actual story i looked at it as more of a story of her life right. so i yes. think that's why i'm interested to see like what happens with the movie yeah and i no. think we probably will be underwhelmed uh, yeah we probably i think if we go in with low expectations then maybe we'll be pleasantly surprised which is fine that's fine so okay i just reread the book so i read the book originally i think in Probably 2019. Yeah, probably 19. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) And then, so I just reread it like last week. And I felt the same way the second time as the first time in the sense that I actually think, and you might not agree with me, I think the beginning is slow. Okay, April does not agree. Go. I, for some reason, think the beginning is slow. It just sucked me in right away. I don't have any comment on that. Same. I fell in love with Kaya like in a second. And so I feel like as if you love a character from the first chapter then I'm in. And it helped that, I don't know about you guys, oh, my daughter's a little older, yours is the same. So um, in 2019, my daughter Ava was six. Mm. So it's like the same age. Yeah. So immediately like my mother's heart was like in this book. Sure. Like I wanted to nurture her. So I loved her in the first chapter. So it wasn't slow for me either. I love, I mean, honestly, maybe this says something about how shallow I am because I noticed the first time and the second time, I really started like I couldn't put it down it was a page turner as soon as like Tate came in which maybe that just shows that I'm like really shallow and I just like really want a love story and I just want like a page read I'm like a boy but okay to springboard off of what you just said your mother's heart all that I want to talk about her mom oh 
All right. So Kaya's mom, obviously, if you are listening to this, you've read the book. You know that Ma wakes up one day and walks out the front door. She doesn't look back. She doesn't come back. We never hear from her again. Well, sort of, but not really. But okay. So I really struggled with it this time. So basically, you know, she just walks out the door. We never hear from her again. They do receive a letter from her at some point that's written to the dad. We don't ever know what the letter exactly said. The dad burns it up and it makes him go into a rage. And it's like, it ruins the good relationship that Kaya and dad have kind of started to build. And then years and years later, you know, we find out that Ma actually had like basically like an emotional slash mental breakdown. And she like ended up back with her parents, but like never really spoke and would just like, she almost like forgot about her kids. My understanding was like, she, she almost like had a complete mental breakdown where she didn't even know who she was or that she had kids. All of a sudden she came to one day, remembered that she had abandoned her children, but was scared to go back and get them because she thought the husband was going to kill them. What, what, what do we think of Ma? Like, mm-hmm. is she an evil person that she left her kids in the woods with this abusive father? Or was she just this, like, deeply abused woman who just was brought to the end of herself and just completely, like, disassociated from the fact that she was a mom? Ma was a very tough pill for me to swallow. Yes. And, like, although I understand she went through trauma, mm-hmm. she was with an abusive man for a very long time, and she had that breakdown. I understand all of that. The part that I don't understand, and I think even Kaya said, like, why didn't she choose to come back? Yes. Yes. Right? Yes. I mean, I think, and this is coming because I am a mother of three. So mm-hmm. it's it's hard for me. It's hard for me to understand why she just left and then didn't come back after she realized yeah. that she had children there waiting for her with this monster. Yeah. And then the other part is like, at what point, and I understand she was dealing with a lot of her own fears mm-hmm. and she was feeling, I mean, she was actually fearing for their lives because he threatened to like beat them mm-hmm. if she dared to come back. Yes. But at what point is your fear so strong that you almost, um, that you protect yourself? Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Totally. And it, I think it kind of goes back to that whole instinct thing that Kaya was talking about. Like you get to the point where you're so afraid and you just act on instinct. So what makes what makes her different from other mothers is what I don't understand. Because yeah. I don't think that I could do that. I know. And I know that's easy for me to say because I'm not in that situation. Yeah. But what makes, like, going back to that mother fox right, that they kept mentioning. Yes. Like, how come some animals are okay with leaving their young mm-hmm. and some aren't? But I think for Ma she had like extreme mental illness of And this being is a therapist abused. that's speaking, everybody. She knows. <laughs> Way to put the pressure on. Um, but being abused for so many years, and I think she really suffered and was in a deep depression, and then leaving, I think she never recovered. Yeah. And I do think it altered like, I mean, we're talking about a character, but mm-hmm. hypothetically that it altered like her brain, the way she thought, the way she felt. Yeah. And I don't think she was even physically capable of processing the fact that her children were still there. I think she was almost regressed to being almost like a child again okay. and needing to be taken care of and couldn't think as we would think logically as mothers and your heart breaks. But I think for her, it was a complete, you know, mental illness that she was encountering. Mm -hmm. April, what were we going to say? I guess I walked into the story 
kind of picturing both parents as having some kind of mental illness. Mm -hmm. Um, These are people who are choosing to live in the marsh. Did they send any of their kids to school? No. Okay, I don't remember. Yeah, I don't think so. Who hadn't gone? They're not educating their kids. They're living off the land. Mm -hmm. It kind of reminded me. I don't know if any of you have read the book Educated. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which is about. Basically, a family that lives off the grid, doesn't mm-hmm. want any dependency on anyone or anything, and they just kind of do their own thing and live off the land. Um, and I feel like to live like that, you already have to have some kind of a warped perception. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so I think that might have been where she started, and then the abuse kind of took her into some kind of disassociation. Yeah. Well, and that goes to, because she was take she left her family. Like, she had such a stable family environment. They had, like, a business in New Orleans, right? Yeah, her parents were, like, kind of well off. Yeah, and then she, like, he almost took her away, in yeah. essence, and, like... He isolated her, yes, which is classic, exactly. like, abusive right. behavior. Abusive behavior, yeah. and to isolate the whole family, that the kids aren't going to school, so they're not yeah. being checked upon, that they're not, you know, someone's not asking, like, why do you have a black a bruise, eye again, yeah. or something, so... It is so crazy. I mean, it's just, like... Honestly, like reading it the second time in the book, I cried because it was just like the mother literally gets up, walks down the lane and doesn't look back. And she, what is it? Five kids? Four kids? Four. Four. Like, no, five. You're five. Right. Like, and it's just like, what? And then when you find out, I think that like when I actually became really like enraged at Ma was when she writes the letter to the dad. And then, you know, Kaya doesn't know what it says because she doesn't know how to read. But we do know that Kaya and the dad or Pa, did she call him Pa? Yes. yes. Okay. Kaya and Pa were starting to build like a like a pretty okay relationship. He reads the letter and everything changes from that day forward. So I was like, I love how Ma has now ruined her life twice. Mm-hmm. Like she literally ruined her life when she walked out. And then she ruined her life when she writes a letter to the dad that enrages him so much that then he decides to cut Kaya off again. And that's when he really leaves for good. And then the child really is an orphan. And I was just like, how could this woman think that this abusive man, like if she wrote him a letter, that he was going to read it and be like, you know what? I see reason now. You're right. I should like, why would she have not just sent her father and mother and a group of sane people back to rescue her children? Like, why did that not happen? Right. Yes. That's a, that's what I have trouble with when she had the resources. And obviously her family had resources because they talk about them bringing in multiple doctors to see her. Her family had resources. So for None of them to go. And they said, like, her father called the sheriff. And the sheriff was like, oh, we don't bother with the Marsh people. Right. Like, and then that was it. Oh, okay. Oh, well, all right then. Oh, well, yeah. lost cause. That bothered me too. <sighs> to the, the leaving, like, I can accept. I can accept a mental break. And yeah. I can accept that. But the not going back, right. that really bothered me <sighs> too. It's awful. Yeah. What were you going to say? No, I basically just what Rachel was saying, that yeah. it seemed, like, lazy. Like, this was our yeah. effort. Like, we're going right. to try. And was yeah. like, okay, it didn't work out. Well, and then later, the fact that the aunt then, so the mom's sister connects with Jody, I guess, or something. And she's like, you know, she was depressed for all her days. And then when she got cancer, she wouldn't accept any treatment because this was like her punishment and da, da, da. And it's like, hi, aunt. Like, 
you weren't having a mental breakdown. You were okay. So if Ma was incapable of saving her children, why didn't you do it on her behalf? But now here you are like telling Jody years later, like, oh my goodness, she suffered for so many years because she felt so bad. Great. Like, why, why didn't you do something? Like you left the kids out there with this abusive man. Do you think part of it was her parents never approved? And so her parents were like, these children are the result of a relationship yeah. that we don't approve of. It's almost like Maybe an interracial marriage yeah. or something sure. that your parents are like, we don't want any part of this because we didn't like this in the first place and they don't know these children. So they're kind of like, whatever. Ugh. And also, which is so sad. Yeah. But that they were lower, right? So that the yes. family, you know. You're right. It would have lowered their like status. That, they, that the Marsh people were their grandchildren, yeah. you know. And But I was thinking back to what you were saying about the dad. And how that caused Kaya to lose, mom's le- Ma's letter caused mm-hmm. her to lose the dad. But I actually think that that was one of the best things for her. Okay, go. Because that when dad wasn't, Pa wasn't there, she was able to then become herself. You're right. She was able to grow where she was always living in fear of him. Yeah, and I think true. that was one of the harder things. She was always afraid of what is he going to do? I need to make, but then when he left, she was able to grow. Yeah. You know what? You're right. The thing that's like so crazy also is like, um, I remember like when I first had Jace, I remember someone telling me like, I was like, oh my goodness. Like I, like I was like, you know, anxiety ridden that I wasn't going to do everything right. And someone said to me like, listen, kids that are like literally like abused by their parents, like still love their parents. Like kids love their parents no matter what. Like Jace is going to love you no matter what. And was this book not the most like perfect example of that? Like even Ma abandoned her. And still her whole life, like Kaya never said a a bad word about her. Like she was just like, like she still kind of kept half half expecting she was going to come back. And like, then when she found out that her mom was dead, she was like, she was so sad. Like it was like, it tore her up. Like you would think that she'd be like, good riddance, she's dead. Like she left me and she never came back for me. But like, she didn't feel that way. It's like this like it's like so beautiful and so awful at the same time that like children just like naturally like have that beautiful connection and forgiveness with their mom. Like she like, she knew her mom abandoned her, but she still wanted her to come back and she still loved her and was sad that when she found out she was dead. I think also because of her, her formative years, she had such a strong attachment to her mom. They yeah, like you're right. Took the picnics. Those attachments. She yeah. spoke to her and the siblings and really cared for her. And right. so I think that that's what she grabbed a hold of. Mm-hmm. Is that like, I mean, I don't, I don't know if anybody has this answer, but is that like a thing? Like, like people who are in abusive relationships, like it sounds like Ma was abused by Pa for years and years and years. And then it was just like, there was one final fight that wasn't necessarily even the worst fight. It doesn't sound like Ma was even beaten up as badly in the last fight as like in previous ones. And then it was just like, it literally broke something in her and she left and never came back and was never the same. She literally lost her mind after that. Like, is that, I don't know. Is that, is that like a thing that happens? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, do people just lose it one day and then never return? Or is that kind of like, this is a fiction book? Do you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) We're all looking at you. (laughs) I think people do come to a point where it's what is their breaking point? And it may not be the most traumatic thing or the most salient thing that we from the outside would see and look in. But for that person, that is 
the time when they've said they've had enough. Mm -hmm. And I think for her, she had been struggling for years with him. He was the one I was enraged with. Yeah. um, So I think for every person, it's the same. And it doesn't always make sense to, you know, like you would think after the worst fight, the fact that she was physically abused. But I think a lot of times it's more mentally what's going on that then triggers something. Mm -hmm. Do you think that Pa, so like, okay, Ma, I think that we all probably agree that she was like a, a normal functioning person who then was like beaten to a point of having a mental break. But do we think that Pa was like mentally ill to start off with? Or do you think it was like PTSD from the war? Or like, or do you think it was because, because remember there was that whole thing where he got an, a medal for bravery, but he actually, it was like a confusion. Like they thought that he was so brave and saving whoever, but really he was hiding because he was scared. So he was actually a coward. Like, was that his turning point in his life? When when that happened to him in the war, when he got a medal of bravery, when it really, he was being the biggest coward of the group? Like, did that shift something in him and then he became a monster or? I think he lived a life of like um, not meeting expectations. So he expected to inherit these things from his family. His family was well off and they had a plantation and he thought, oh, we're going to do well. Mm -hmm. And then that all went away. And then he went to war. And I'm assuming that when you go to war, you think like, I'm going to do the right thing. Like, here I am. You don't expect to be a coward. And then disappointment again when you don't do the right thing. So I feel like his life was like a constant like expectation that wasn't met. And just this overall disappointment with himself and how his life turned out that he just took out on everyone else. Mm. It's just like cowardly behavior that's really easy to hate. (laughs) Yeah. Pa, to me, was a little more cut and dry. You know what I mean? Like Ma was complex, right? Where you have, you do have sympathy for her and also you're mad at her. But Pa, to me, was just like completely a horrible person. I mean, What I I thought was interesting was Pa compared to Chase and how those two were like similar and how Kaya could all of a sudden relate to her mom when she was afraid of Chase. And now yeah. she's like, there's, I'm looking at it cause I looked it up cause I was thinking it, but she said, I understand why you had to leave and never come back because now she's afraid. She's yeah. feeling afraid of when is he going to come attack me next? And yeah. now she's feeling what her mom felt. And it's just so interesting. This like commonality between the high school quarterback star who now is still living in his same small town, not really amounting to anything working for his parents And the dad who thought he was going to be a big deal and wasn't, it's just this commonality. And now she can relate to her mom and understand what her mom went through. Mm. Good point. Uh, Yeah. Oh, it's so crazy. And like, honestly, like something that I thought was so interesting in the book is that Kaya's character, like her, I don't mean like her fictional character. I mean like her character, like who she is as a person, like, she had such a high level of like understanding and for someone who had never interacted with other people, right? So like the fact that she was on her own, again, I know we're talking about fiction here, but the fact that she was able on her own, like when, when she was, when Chase attacked her and then she was scared for her life, she was able to like on her own, make the connection of like, this is how Ma felt every single day. And if I felt like this every single day of my life, I too would have, run away. Like that's like a pretty, I don't know, 
Like, like for someone who's never like been to school or really had friends or any relationships, like that was like a pretty deep connection for her to make. You know what I mean? I agree. I think it's also because she had so much time to think, right? You know, she had so much time to be by herself and it was just her and her thoughts and, you know, seeing what her mom went through and then recognizing that and what she was going through. Mm -hmm. But then she also had like the resiliency to say, I'm not going down that same path, Mm -hmm. you know, and obviously she took matters into her own hands. (laughs) Um, But she was able to kind of recognize that and where I think Ma for so many years had depended on other people. Like she had depended on her family and she depended on then her husband and where Kaya really never depended on anyone. Mm -hmm. So she was able to kind of stand up and say no. Yeah. So like, okay, do you remember when her and Chase started dating and he was trying to have sex with her right away or or maybe they weren't even dating yet. Like when he like tried to have sex with her like immediately or something and she says – I knew I was worth more than that. I stopped in my tracks this time. The first time I didn't notice it at all. I stopped in my tracks this time and I was like, how did she know inherently that she was worth more than that, right? Because like that's something that we like instill into our daughters. But no one instilled that into her. People taught her that she was a piece of trash. Her dad beat her up. Her mom abandoned her. She went to school. They treated her like garbage. Like literally no one other than Jumpin was ever nice to her in her life. But she somehow instinctively knew that she was worth more than having sex with this guy who like wasn't even really that nice to her. So I'm not the therapist, but this <laughs> was one of, I think three places in the book that were a huge suspension of belief for me because I don't believe that someone that's experienced that much rejection can actually experience that much self-worth. No, and I'm I know. looking at the therapist I again. I thought the same thing. I, I don't think that that is a natural reaction. Yeah. And I don't think that's a natural thought process. And there was another one that I want to talk about later that she did something very similar that I was like, I just don't see based on her life experiences, based on her makeup, based on how she communicates, that that would have been her thought process. But I'm going to ask Kate. Yeah, what do you think, here. Kate? I'm interested <laughs> well, to know. Well, I'm not really going to answer that, but more ask a question because I would agree with you that you build skills into someone. And sure. I think if you did have someone who was on their own and as feral as she was, I yeah. don't think, you know, so I think that there is some author. You sure. Know, it's fiction. Yeah. Creativity. But didn't Tate talk right. to her and build her up and say that you were worth more and saw in her things? Or was that at a different point? No, yes. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So maybe and I'm not this is proving, on, and I'm not saying that on its own, but I do think he elevated her. Yeah. So maybe this is proving that all it takes is like one genuine connection in well, your life. And she points out um, parallels to nature, which she does throughout True. the book. She yeah. looks to nature for cues, and she says even male birds woo the females for a while. Mm. Like she's saying like, even birds will bring little trinkets. Even the animals do this. So if a bird can woo, like, don't I, don't I matter a little bit more than a bird? Like, shouldn't I Mm. get a little bit more than just a picnic? Yeah. Like, I feel like she took so many cues from nature that that was just another cue from nature that she took. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I feel like I did. I didn't feel like that part was out of her character. I felt like that was in line with who she was. All right. Yeah. No, I get that. I could see either way. I really could. You know, honestly, like I could truly argue this either way. There's part of me because I, I saw like part of me that when I read that line, like I thought it was worth more than that. I was like, how did she friggin' know that she was worth more than that? Like, that's kind of nuts. Like, so yeah, there's part of me that feels like we could argue for like, that's 
completely unrealistic. If someone grew up in the woods, isolated from other people, they wouldn't know that they're worth more than that. But then I can also, you're right, understand that like, well, no, she had had that one genuine relationship with Tate. And maybe that's all someone needs is one person to tell them that they matter. And then it helps them know that they matter. Sorry to interrupt, but that is the exact same person who like was her breaking point. Yes. When he rejected her. Yes. So I feel like that nullifies it to a certain extent. True. That's just how I say it. No, you're right. All right. Let's talk about Tate. So obviously like, I just like, oh my gosh, like I sobbed. Granted, I think I was also premenstrual, but like (laughs) when I was reading the, the pages, like when Tate and her are falling in love and then he leaves. Like, I was like weeping. I was heartbroken. Like, Scott was like, are you okay? Like he was like <laughs> asleep and rolled over and was like, are you, what's going on over here? Like I was like weeping. Like it's so sad. Like, first of all, the way that they genuinely build a relationship is so beautiful. Like just like him knowing that she's scared of people and like leaving her the feathers and like just slowly, slowly warming up and then like slowly developing a relationship and like him teaching her to read. And like, I'm sorry, this is going to sound so stupid, but the period scene is like beautiful. I know that sounds so dumb, (laughs) but it's like, she gets her period. She doesn't know what's happening. And he so gently and precious, like he's a friggin' what? How old is he? 15? Probably a little older, he was like a little, 17, 18. He's yeah. like a 17 year old boy. And he's like, oh, I think I know what's happening to you. And is like so sweet with her, like helping her. Like, it's like so beautiful. And then he leaves her. It's horrifying. Mm. What do you think? Now, granted, he didn't leave her the way Ma did or the way Pa did. He told her, I'm going to college. This is what's happening. But I mean, it gets... April, you're making a face. Go. I don't know, because I'm trying to remember if I'm remembering correctly. Well, he said he was going to college, but he was supposed to come back in, what, three weeks? Yes. He was like, I'm going to go for a month and come back and visit. And then she go waited back. for him, yes. and he never came back. Yes. So to me, that's worse than Ma, because at least true. there was that Im- ambiguity Ma did never said when she was coming back. Whereas with Tate, he said, I'm going to be here for July 4th weekend. And he did he not give her come. a date, which is so true. It's like, usually with her, it was, it was like, Tate will come when he can, you know, whatever. He said like, I will be here on July 4th. And she had the calendar and was waiting and she wore the dress and everything. And he doesn't come. And then we find out later that he was like, he didn't actually, he wasn't able to get home that weekend because he went on that special trip or whatever, but he was able to come home a few weeks later. This is so horrible. Like I have trouble even saying it now. He saw her from a distance and like saw, like he saw her in a new light. Now that he was at Chapel Hill or whatever, and he was like interacting with all these like smart people, he like looked at her from a distance and realized like she's weird basically. And she won't fit in to the world that I want to be in. And so he just turned around and boated away and never came back to her for years, years, even though he was home on, on you know, for Christmas break and, and summer break and blah, blah, blah. And he never came back. This kind of reminded me of how men, or I'm going to say boys, Mm -hmm. talk about ex-girlfriends. If you ever notice, like when men talk about girlfriends they had when they were young, they're always crazy. Yeah. It's always like, oh, she was nuts. She was nuts. Or they rented someone out out in public. It's like, oh, that was my ex-girlfriend. We were like in college. Oh, she was crazy. And I made a joke a few years back where I was like, that's what men have to tell themselves afterwards to justify 
a bad breakup or whatever. You I are don't know. so, <laughs> so I mean, right. Yes. And, and even though he was probably justifiably right in what he was saying, like, that's just a cop out for I'm over you. Like, yes. that's all it said to or me. Or it's a cowardly, like, well, you're crazy. You can't handle my life. Right. So. Yes. Right. That's it's like, obviously, I, I wasn't so crazy when you were with me and in right. love with me. You know what I mean? In like, love. Wanted to start a life together. Went yeah. away for a few weeks and that's it. And he's like, oh, she's not going to fit into my life. <sighs> But he was young. I, All right, okay. let's so, give him a yes, little grace. Okay, I'm yes. still on right. Team Tate here. I, have the I, look, I do love Tate, yes. but like oh. he was a I'm young Tate too. Just okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he, he was really young. He yeah. was going through a lot of changes in his life, and okay, maybe he was just as bad as Chase, where he thought, okay, this chick is not going to integrate well into my life, into mm-hmm. my society. But there was a lot of pressure at that time. I know in that town with with everything. I just, I, I understand why he did what he did. I don't think it's right. Yeah. But I, at least he came back. I know. Right? Well, he came back. Okay. So the first time I read it, that was exactly my takeaway. Like he's back, Tate, forgive him. We love him. Like he's the best. This time that I read it, I'm still team Tate. But this time that I read it, I was like, well, hold up. He doesn't decide to come back for Kaya. Until he finds out that they are building that scientific lab thing, whatever, near there. And so he realizes, I can have both. I can be a scientist and study the marsh, which is what I want to do with my life. But because they're building the new, whatever you call it, like scientific lab, lab, yeah. yeah, Over there, near whatever it's called, near Kaya, I can work and do that fancy-pantsy job and also be with Kaya and we can, I can have both. And I thought like this time I was like, well, that's convenient. Like he's not really giving up anything to be with her. And now he's coming back for her and he's like, Kaya, I love you. I'm so sorry. Forgive me. And it's like, you're not losing anything on this deal. Like you got to go away for to Chapel Hill and live your life and do your undergrad and your graduate then you find out that you get to have your fancy pantsy job back at the marsh with her. So yeah, of course you want your ex-girlfriend that you never really got over and your new job. But would he have come back for her if he couldn't have had the job too? That's what I want to know. So I actually think this is where the author deviated a little bit. And I oh. think, Rachel, did you bring up this point when we were kind of talking before, but that it was out of his character because he was with her since when she was little. Yeah, true. And he had rescued her from her dad. Which we find out later, you're right, which is so cute. And then was yeah. with her. So I think the problem is, is that the author would not have had a story if Tate came back. Because oh, if Tate came back. Like if he came back when he was supposed to When he back. was supposed to and stayed in touch with her and had the connections. There would be no There conflict. would be no point because she would never have gone with Chase. I see. So I think she had like she had to deviate from his character of who he was because otherwise there would be no story. I see what you're saying. But I feel like she could have accomplished the same thing by having them have like a falling out. And cause I mean, she's very stubborn. So he yeah. could have done something that like, you know, he, they could have made it like he didn't show up for the 4th of July, but came back two weekends later and she was angry and was like, I can't do this because I can't trust you. He would have gone off to school, come back years later. Like it still would have had the same effects, but they made him into a, and he also a like, jerk. <laughs> I think the thing that's awful is that it's not like it's just one, like he was supposed to come the 4th of July weekend. He, he couldn't make it cause he had a trip. He came two weeks later. He saw her, she was weird and he didn't come. But then it proceeded 
to then be four years of Christmases and summer breaks and spring breaks and all the things. And he never came. But then that's almost going like against what I said and going with more the maybe giving the author more credit of saying that that was her purpose in showing another person who abandoned her. Yeah. So it's like that theme of abandonment throughout her life. Don't you think that like a relationship where from the beginning, from the time they're children, he feels like he has to protect her and rescue her and take care of her and teach her how to read. Like that, he's a great guy, but that's a big burden. That's a big thing to ask of someone to basically be everything to you. You're right. Like he taught you about your period. So he's doing your mom's job. He's doing your school teacher's job. He's doing your dad's job of protecting you everything from the time he's a child. You're right. That's a big burden. And so then when he's 18, he goes to college and he's just like, that probably, I mean, it sounds selfish, but that had to be some kind of relief to be like, I don't have to like take care of this girl anymore. And I know that that doesn't make it right. That he wasn't, he should have still gone back and said, listen, I need a break from this. I hope that we can still be whatever. Like it, he was still cowardly in the way he did it, but like, I can give him a little sympathy and what a burden that must have been. I, well, oh, no, you go, 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 go. I 100% agree with you. I actually like that explanation a lot. Yeah, me too. I think that that helps me understand it a little better. But I wish the author had done a better job at communicating that message mm. than just, she's not going to fit in with my world. I know. The not your, But to Rachel's point, I never thought of it like, I never thought of that before. And also, you got to remember, he, prior to even being a huge part of Kaya's life, was not that he was taking care of his dad because he wasn't, but his mom and sister had died tragically. And so like he was like constantly helping his dad on the boat and whatever. And his dad was a good father, of course, but just like Tate had to grow up really fast, really young because of the the tragic death of his mother and his sister. And then um, like soon after that, getting involved with Kaya that I, you're right. That's a really good point. Like this kid held so much from such a young age that you're right. Like, I guess maybe like the wondering then would be if he hadn't, like, let's say he had not gone to Chapel Hill to stay. That's what it is, right? Like I'm Mm -hmm. saying the right thing. Like, let's say he had not gone to Chapel Hill to stay with Kaya. Maybe the relationship would have ended up failing because he would have hit a point at like 25 years old where he's like, oh my gosh, like I'm, overwhelmed. Like I, between the death of my mom and my sister and like be feeling responsible to my dad and helping him all the time and now feeling responsible to you. Like I've never done anything for myself. I don't even know who I am. So maybe he like, it would have failed. Whereas even though it was awful the way he abandoned her and whatever, because he went off and like figured out who he was, that's what made the relationship succeed in the end. I just can't really get past though. I just like, I really, I really get stuck on the whole, but what if he didn't have a job near the marsh? Would he still have come back? I just get, it's a sticky point for me. I struggle. You know what I mean? I get that. And I get it though, that like a relationship needs to be two whole people and it can't, you know, and so like if part of him being a whole person is having like a career, I don't know. Uh, but I do love him. What I love him so much, you know, but I just like, I'm trying to defend him. I know. I, 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 and I'm with you and I agree with the defense, but I just like get a little stuck. You're not wearing the t-shirt yet. 
<laughs> need to get the team Tate. <laughs> team Tate. No, I do love him. Can't it just be that all that he ever wanted in his life was to live on the marsh with Kaya and it just so happened that he also got the job. Like maybe yes. it was that way versus the other way. Let's, I like Let's that. Let's do that. Let's go with that. I like <laughs> okay. that. I like that. It's the happily well, ever after. Yeah. You're I right. Hope. And not for nothing, but he also facilitated her becoming an author and things like that, which helped to make her like have something for herself too. So like, she was fully independent yes. when he came back. She didn't need so, him for money. Right. Like, it's true. It is true. If he had just like not done the Chapel Hill thing and just stayed with her, they would have been like two poor, uneducated kids trying to make a way. But like what ended up happening is it was like two adults that were like smart and accomplished and like financially independent choosing to make a life together, even though they didn't necessarily need each other practically speaking. And they loved the mar- they loved the same thing, this marsh that's like a whole character on its own. Yeah. They both loved the marsh equally. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Anything else about Tate? Talita, I want you to say the thing about Pa you didn't get to say before. Okay, let's rewind back to Pa. So, first very short season, all of a sudden, he was like acting all fatherly. He was sober. He was mm-hmm. taking her out on the boat. He was teaching her about the currents and the fish. Do you think that this was like he was taking his one chance to do his one good deed to like set her up for the time that he would abandon her? Oh. So, like, he knew he was going to leave her all along and he was just trying to teach her things so that she could survive when he left. Like, I don't want to even give him that much credit, but maybe deep down, deep down, he knew, like, I'm not. I can't stay. I can't stay. I'm not going to live up to this. I can't deal with this. And I need to, like, do one good thing. I also think going off that point is that he was so afraid of failure, which we talked about before, Mm -hmm. that it was almost like he was getting to do his fatherly duty. And then before it failed, failing, he like chose to leave because it's easier on for his him terms. to choose to leave on his terms than not right. be able to provide for her. Not, I mean, that's in essence what he did, but it in his head, it was a little different. Mm. I mean, Jody said like, oh, I saw that side of him before. I saw that side where he would be not drinking for a while and he'd be great, but he always went back. So maybe he did show glimpses of this before and it wasn't completely out of character. And this was just Kaya's turn to experience that. Right. Mm. But as, that is the way with addicts. Yeah, true. true. When they get sober, there's so much potential there that the people that care about them see, even their children, I would imagine. So that didn't shock me at all. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes so much sense. Oh, it's so sad. All right, listen, let's go there. Chase. Ugh. Okay. So Chase. Can we just say how much we, uh, Oh, he's a horrible, disgusting, okay, vile human. Okay. I'm so glad he's dead. We just got to get that out. <laughs> I just to get that out. He is the worst. I'm so glad okay, that he died. Okay, yes. Me Love too. Pushed him off Love the to hate yes. him. Yes, yes. Yes. Hate him okay, so much. Horrible. Good. Okay. I believe. Okay. So like, I think that it's understood that his relationship with Kaya started as like a, like he, she was like a conquest to him. Absolutely. Right. Why did he stick around so long? Like when he realized she wasn't going to sleep with him and she didn't sleep with him for a long time. It was like over a year, right? Which for someone who's just trying to like conquer someone, like that's a really long time that he stuck around to like have sex with her. So like 
what but do you that's think? what she was. She was the forbidden fruit yeah. that no one, no one, yeah, had conquered. Yeah. So I think he was willing because. He also had a relationship on the side. Yeah, it's so true. So, it's not like you know, he was, like, he was yeah. in town doing his thing, yeah. and it was the quest. It was, you know, he had to conquer her in a way. And so I think he was willing to wait. I feel like it was more than that, though. Like, from the first encounter, it says he'd come here to snag her to be the first but watching those eyes firing, he was entranced. Like, I feel like there was more. There was something there. So there was some aspect. I, I, I don't think I could call it love. No. But there was some something that became a little more than just wanting to conquer her. Go. I mean, I definitely don't think he loved her. No, I think he right. was definitely very intrigued by her. Sure. But yeah. I think not only the fact that you know, she was like this feral, like marsh girl that nobody had. But also, like, when you think about the different like class systems at that time in that yeah, town, yeah, yeah. like he was the quarterback. He was in this whole entire different class. He was wealthy, right? And then, you know, even though he was finally, he was definitely interested in her. You know, he was. I'm gonna go back to like the very finale. Like, the, actually the beginning of the book and the end where he was stuck in the mud. He was stuck in that class. There was mm. no way that he could ever bring her into his world and that would be acceptable. So being the daredevil that he was, like I felt like that was his way of rebelling, of being like, you know, I'm going to have this thing on the side, mm -hmm. right? So, I mean, and like break the rules of society. Yeah. Like, because he couldn't. I mean, he, he did, but he really couldn't. Yeah. In his own town. The thing that really, really gets me is like, why did he continue to wear that dang shell necklace though for years after they were not together? Like it does indicate like- It was a trophy. What, what, okay, go, 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 go. It was a trophy. It was his way of saying like, look. Showing off. Like I did conquer her and so I'm going to keep wearing. So you don't think that it was like that Even he had feelings. Even after married? Yeah, I don't know. I kind of think it's meant to be- Unknown. Like, I, I feel like, like she did it so that we don't really understand him full. I don't know. So you're saying maybe the author is, like, leaving it, like, up to interpretation. Like, maybe he did love her. Maybe. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not convinced he didn't love her to the best of his ability, whatever love was to him. Because clearly, even once yeah, he's he a found limited. someone he loved, he yeah. still couldn't be faithful to her either. So I'm not convinced he didn't love her. Yeah. I'm... But I think also if you go to like, and I'm not calling him like a psychopath, but if you go to people, like they keep trophies, they keep mementos of people yeah. that they have like conquered or taken or abused in some way. And so mm. I think. Okay. There's a fight over there. Oh, 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 oh. I don't know. I'm excited. I don't know, I'm excited. I don't know if I want to go here. Say it. Or if I'm going to get judged for saying this. No. Again, I had one of my big issues with this book is that there's a lot of suspension of belief for me for a, most of the characters. Okay. And I do not feel that Miss Owens did a fabulous job at turning the jock, the cocky jock into this aggressive, abusive, whatever we want to call him. Oh. So I am not even certain. Like, I feel like it kind of, I got a little, a little whiplash from that. <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah. That it was like, okay, I knew he was like a jerk. I knew he was kind of, I don't know, arrogant, so but you, yeah. I never saw him turning into like 
Did he attempt to rape her? Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. I'm just, I'm yes. sorry. I, oh, he did. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. I'm yes, trying yes. to remember what, what happened in that scene. And, uh, I just don't necessarily believe that every guy that's just full of himself and like wants to conquer a woman is going to go in turn do that, especially when he had a relationship with her before. So, so that's hard for me. So what you're saying is like, okay, so he had like a several years long relationship with her where he waited to have sex with her for like the first year. Anyway, he was, he never pushed her. He never like whatever, like he was always like, mostly respectful other than, I mean, like the first time they had sex sounded like a little, he was, right. it was all true. coercion. Yes. That's true. But, but then not for him to all force. of a sudden right. attempt to rape her out of the clear blue sky. Right. When they never had any history of a physically abusive You're relationship. Right. It was had a little they, like, whoa. Right. right. I'm sorry. Had they over the course of that relationship, had we seen something where like she did something silly and he reacted too strongly or had some kind of angry outburst, then I feel like it would have led up to that, but it kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. It was like, he suddenly shows up, wants something. She's like, no, you're not getting it. And then they're, the next thing we know, he's dead. I don't know. You're I right. guess I feel like, again, and maybe it's because this is her first novel. So maybe she resorted to some stereotypes or classic, like, yeah. pictures of what characters are. But if I'm going to picture a guy who's going to try to rape a girl, he's going to be an ex-jock yeah. who never left his hometown who's working for his parents, Yeah, who's maybe a little disappointed with his life. Like I said, I feel like it ties back to her father. And like, yeah, maybe when he was the star quarterback and they were together and his whole life was before him and she was a new conquest, he could wait. But now it's like he's married, he's disappointed. She smells breakfast bourbon on his breath. And she's just kind of like, what is his life now? Like, it's just kind of all like meh. And then he goes to see her and she's just like rejecting him. That just feels like, Oh my gosh, like my life really is terrible. Like you won't even sleep with me now. Like, I don't know. I feel like it's just a classic. Like I was almost disappointed in how predictable it was. Like to me, it was the exact opposite of what you're saying. I feel like it was just like, of course the ex jock still living in his hometown, drinking at breakfast and disappointed with his life would resort to that. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. I, I see both. I see both because you're right. Like part of me is like, well, that came out of nowhere. He's never been physically violent before, but you're right. Then the other part of me is like, of course he tried to do this. Like he was using her the whole time, you know? And then when she finally like really hardcore rejects him, because every time before that it had been like a soft rejection, like not, not yet, not yet, but like, we'll do a little thing. Like, you, you know what I mean? <laughs> like it was kind of like, this was the first time that she was like, get the F away from me. You know, and he was like, oh, no, like, I'm not going to let her like talk to me like that. Like, she's Marsh Trash. Like, I'm Chase, whatever his last name was. You know what I mean? Andrews. Yeah. Like, I'm Chase Andrews. She's like the trash from the marsh. Like, I'm not going to let her talk to me like that. Like, I'm going to show her who's boss. Exactly. I got a question about this a little bit of a side note. Okay. So they're the trash from the marsh. Where's this, Louisiana? North North Carolina. Carolina. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. Wouldn't the people on the outskirts of the marsh also be kind of trashy? I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, these are not like high totally. society people. Totally. It's not like he's driving a Mercedes. I guess like, I just pictured, I'm like, none of these people are all that. No, he's like, no. one step up. Okay, just making sure. But don't like, you always feel better about yourself if there's someone who's a little bit worse? Sure, 100%. totally. Yeah. But it doesn't sound like there's that many people living down the marsh either. Like, no, no. Like on that is one thing I will say about the book that I was that I noticed more on the second time. They talk about oh the marsh people, the marsh people, the marsh people. How come she didn't know anybody, any other marsh people? Well, she was so elusive. 
maybe they all were, maybe, maybe they, they all just didn't kept want, to themselves yeah. and didn't really socialize. I mean, at all. they kind of said somewhere in there that like people that went to the marsh went there On to purpose. like off the grid, kind That's of like true. the great alone in Alaska. Yeah. Like you go somewhere isolated for a reason. Yeah. You're Because right. you want to be You don't isolated. want to have other friends. Right. Exactly. Even if they are other marsh people, like you yeah, don't no. want to talk to them and no. they don't want to talk to you. Nope. Okay, so where did we land on the did Chase really love her? So, Kate, you strongly feel like he absolutely did not love her. He kept the necklace because it was a trophy. Blah. Does somebody feel differently? I don't know. I can kind of see April's point of, like, in his weird warped way, maybe he did. I mean, he was definitely fascinated with her. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I don't know where I land. I think I land at – I definitely don't think he loved her because, like, oh, my goodness – yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I honestly, I can't say where I land. I feel confused. I, I found that whole thing to be so weird. I don't understand like her feelings towards him. Yes. Okay. Because go. that was like even more confusing to me because like him, I could kind of figure out, but with her, it was like the first time they met, whatever he did the picnic. And then he like came on to her and she was like, no, whatever you're a jerk. And then like the next day she gives them like the seashell necklace. Right. It was like, okay. Which was kind of strange. That was really strange. Right. But then like, I understand like she was kind of wavering between like, she had all this physical desire for him. Right. Mm -hmm. So she did desire him in a way. Yeah. But then like, she was also very cautious, but then like, I couldn't tell whether she really loved him or not. Do you think that like, so there was this one quote that I wrote down that she wrote like, the lonely became larger than she could hold. She wished for someone's voice, presence, touch, but wished more to protect her heart. Do you think that Chase accomplished all of that where she didn't have to be lonely anymore because then she had someone's voice, she had someone's presence, she had someone's touch, but she didn't have to fully give her heart away because she just didn't fully love the guy. So it was almost like Chase was perfect for her in that sense where it was like, here's a warm body, but I don't, I don't really love him. So I am protecting my heart. Yes. And he was everything she was not. Yeah. 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 And cause I agree with you. It's like, what did you see in him? Right. Especially after seeing Tate, who's the complete opposite of him. Yeah. And so I think it's gotta be something, you know, she would look into town and look at everybody. It was like, they were almost in like a glass, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and her wanting to be, you know, part of the, you know, the circle, part of the group. And he was at like the epicenter of it. Yeah. And so I think it was some of that desire as well, but I agree. I'm like, what did you see in him? Yeah. He's like horrible. Kaya, come on. Like, you're just like, cause like as the reader of the book, like you just love Kaya. Like she's beautiful. She's smart. She's independent. She's been through so much. Like she's just like amazing. And you're like, what are you doing? Like, There's a scene where they're talking and he's like, says something about the stars and she yeah. explains why the star, like yes. in scientific terms. Totally. And you're like, and you're he's amazing. quiet for a little while. And then he's like, oh, uh, they asked me to like help coach the high school football yeah. team. He like can't even. And then she like pity laughs him. Like she's like, she's ah, like oh, that's so great. Yeah. It's like they, it's, uh, yeah. She, he was so beneath her, but I think you're right. Like that protected her heart because she's not going to fall for this. She's not like Tate. She was in love with Tate. You know, he challenged her. He shared her passions. He shared the same desires as her. Like it was, they were like one, you know? So, and so that's why he hurt her so badly and why she was so scared to ever go back to him because she loved him so 
much. And with Chase, it was like he was convenient. Like he just, you know. Yes. All right. So listen, she kills him. Okay. She kills him. <laughs> so, all right. Listen, did you think, who knew that she killed him? Like, did you, as you were reading, were you like, oh, she totally killed him? I thought she did. I did not. So my first time reading, I thought absolutely positively she did not kill him. But you thought she did. I what about other did. people? I thought she killed him, but I was open to the possibility that Tate killed him. Okay. Or someone okay. close to her killed him to protect her. Okay. Okay. So we find out at the end that it was for sure her. Tate didn't know all that, you know. Where does this land us with Kaya? Okay, so like she commits a premeditated murder that was like very deeply thought through. She planned it, whatever. I mean, okay, so (laughs) what do we think about that? Like, does that make her, is she a murderer? Like, is she a bad person? Do we hold this against her? Or are we just like, no, it's basically self-defense. Like, what does this make you think of her? Okay, so here's the thing. Like, if you, going back to the whole firefly thing. And this is something that she said when she was talking about the fireflies and how the female fireflies will sometimes send like a certain signal to her species to mate, right? Yeah. And then she'll send out the like different flashes of light to the other males. And then like she takes them and she just like eats them, right? Mm-hmm. So she said, well, basically the book said, Kaya knew judgment had no place here. Biology sees right and wrong as the same color in different light. So in her mind, she knew this was about survival. And that yeah. was like such a major theme for me in this whole book mm-hmm. was about this child from the beginning, mm-hmm. just wanting to survive from like the time her mother left, she had to survive. She had to change her ways around her father to be able to survive an abusive father. She mm-hmm. cooked for him. She cleaned for him. She was quiet. She mm-hmm. learned how to live with him so she could survive. He leaves, she survives on her own. And now here comes this guy that, I mean, I knew like she basically feared he was going to come back and try to kill her yes. or rape her or do something like she had to survive. And in her mind, I believe that was the only way to survive yes. mm-hmm. was to take care of yes. him. Yeah. I feel like a lot of the potential murder stereo storyline um, is very conniving and well-planned out, well-executed. And the way she... I think the scene that really like did it for me was when she goes to Jumpin's the next morning mm-hmm. and he goes, oh, Chase Andrews was murdered last night and she is poker face. Yeah. She's like, oh, wow, or whatever she says. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do not feel like that's the same Kaya that watches the fireflies and okay. does things instinctually. That is someone who has premeditated, this is how I'm going to do this. With costumes and this is how I'm going to get away with it. Yes. Yeah. Get away with it. She already knew she was going to like not be held responsible. So I feel like that was just not true to Kaya. That's Um, the the Kaya that Talita's talking about. That's that's Kaya. Like she's doing things and, and, and she would have been able to justify that in her defense is to say, like, I feel like that's Kaya. Like she would have been like, well- you know, if you pay attention to the fireflies, this is what they do and blah, blah, blah. Like, you so know, you're finding fault with the author's portrayal of the character. Yeah. Not I feel so like much. the twist was like, oh, I guess we're talking about the twist. So yeah, yeah. obviously she murdered him. Yeah. Um, the twist was that she did all that sneaking around. We found that out through the trial 
And I keep going back to that one scene at Jumpin's dock where she just was like, mm-hmm. if, if there was anyone she could have trusted to like tell the story to and you would have helped her, it mm-hmm. was Jumpin and she just didn't know what happened, you know? Yeah. What do you think? I agree. Like, I don't think it was out of her character to kill him right. because right. I think that's me. Right. right. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's totally in line with like what nature does and her protecting herself. Yes. And yes. I don't blame her for killing no, him. No, me neither. I'm like, totally. get it, girl. Right. Um, I also understand that she knew because she says it multiple times. No one would believe her. Yeah. If she went to the police or totally. whatever, no one would believe her. No one would be on her side. So... I think she did know in some way, like, I can't just have him come out to yes. the the shack and kill him. Like, I can't just be like, oops, I killed him. Sorry, he's sure. attacking me. Like, she knew that no one would believe her. So I think in some ways she, she did know that it had to be hidden. But I agree, it is hard to imagine this character coming up with multiple disguises yeah. to ride a bus both ways when this... The, the disguise has, thing threw me off. She has never left this town. Where is now she getting suddenly a disguise? she's she's riding multiple buses in disguises. I like, agree. I agree. That part was a little like. No, I'm with you on that. Like that was the part that honestly, like it sounds so stupid, but the disguise part, like I was like, what are you talking about? She, she has, has a two wig? dresses. <laughs> yeah, like I was like, what is this? Like, so then she went to like a Spencer's at the mall, like and got like hot. Like, what are we talking about here? Like, she could like come on to the point where she's unrecognizable, and then also I. I just really wondered, okay, so her schedule was so tight with the bus thing. She's got to get back on the bus and this bus and boat over and whatever. How did she know beyond a shadow of a doubt that she could get chased at the fire tower at that exact moment? How'd she get him there? That's where the author lost me. That's the only well, how'd flaw. how'd she get him there? Not the only, but that's, well, that's like one the of the major flaws. Thing. Yeah. She sent out a signal okay, and she knew what? he would come. Sex appeal. I don't know. I'm sure she yeah. I'm sure she lured him like the fireflies. You're right. right. Like yeah. sex appeal, but still to have the, the timing, because the author made such a compelling argument that there was no way that there was enough time for her to be back yeah. to her, ho- her motel room and then back on the bus. And no one saw her. Because the bus was delayed, blah, 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 all of that stuff. Yes. That when it was like at the end that she did it. There was, I just didn't believe. I was like, I thought for sure she had an accomplice. I thought for sure it was either yes. jump in. It was Tate or, or Tate. jump in. Yes. Right. Jump in, I thought, because at the very beginning, didn't she like hit one of the guys in over the head that was chasing jump in or something like that? She yes. defended him. And yes. he was such a fatherly figure to her mm-hmm. that I thought, okay, maybe this guy, you yeah. know, helped her out or Tate, but alone, that's where, it, that's yeah. where it lost to me, honestly. Kate, what do you think? You seem very pensive. The, the point I was going to make, I was going to go back. So it It's just, okay. You can go back. No, I just think that when we were talking before about her, like, you know, breaking the law in essence and being a murderer, she had never lived by the law. True. So you know, true. She had lived an outcast life and on her own and by nature's law and nature's law, like Talita pointed out and Rachel, that it was, you know, almost like to kill or be killed type I of agree. thing. Yeah. So the rules and expectations of society, like, didn't apply to her. Apply to her. I agree. Right. But that would then in turn, she wouldn't understand the justice system. (laughs) So Mm. she wouldn't be looking to get off. Like she would just be like, what do you mean? Like I, this is what I I was defending myself. He was going to kill me. He tried to rape me. I fought him off. He was angry. He was going to come back and kill me. So I had to kill him first. But you're right. She clearly knew that that's not how the world works. So she had to 
Yeah. I, I see. I hate to make it sound like I'm annoyed at the author at all because it's like, I love this book. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I love this book. I have read it twice. I flew through it both times. I cried both times. I le- like it's I love this book. I love it so much. But I will say on the second read through at the end, I was just like. This is a little bit too unbelievable. Like it's a, it doesn't. I don't know. I feel like she could have not blatantly told us that yeah. Kaya did it. I I know some people liked it wrapped up neatly. Just so you know, Kaya did do it. She did kill him. But yeah. I I didn't need that. Like, I feel like it's better to think like maybe Kaya did it. Maybe, maybe she Kate. had help. Yeah. And it's okay to kind of wonder how that came about and to kind of know like, okay, Kaya did it somehow with someone she or She found alone. some way, yeah. But making it like disguises on a bus was just, a little <sighs> too like, here it is wrapped up for you. No, I, I know. I didn't need it. I didn't uh, need yes. it. Yeah, I agree. I, yeah, I'm with you on that. I really am. But it was still really good. Oh, I loved it. <laughs> I, I still loved it. And I think um, it's not on the list, but I had actually told Rachel on our drive here. I was yes. like, you know, I feel like the Marsh should be on the character list. <laughs> yeah. Because the Marsh truly plays a, a role in oh, the story. Yeah. Um, and I think the marsh is what made me fall in love with the book. Yeah. If I'm honest, like that's what I love about the story. You're right that it's it's such a unique setting that it it becomes a character. You're totally right. Like, and I feel honestly the same way. Like, I feel like we should do this again about the Great Alone. I feel the, the same way about the Great Alone. That's such a unique setting that it's just like it becomes like Alaska becomes like alive. You know what I mean? Yes. Like in the same way with the marsh. Like I just feel like. Well, she says early on in the book, I wrote it down. It's page 34. So very early in the book, she says the marsh became her mother. Oh, and so again, cute. with a mother's heart that breaks your heart. But it also is like shows like her bond to this land and yeah. how the land was so personified throughout the whole book. And it cared for her. Yeah, it really did. Like even just yes. how her and Tate first like developed something because they were leaving each other feathers and things that they had found in the marsh. Like the marsh like was there what's that called? Like their matchmaker. You know what I mean? Like it it literally provided for her and like picking muscles to sell, to make money. Like every, the land gave her everything. The gulls. I mean, when she, after she was in jail for two months or whatever, and she comes back and the gulls are like swarming around her. I was like, this is beautiful. Like, it's just like, oh, it's too good. I love it. (laughs) Is there anything we didn't touch on that we should have? The bad poetry. <laughs> okay. Wait, did you did you think that that was an unnecessary thing? That she also happened to be a poet? Yes. I found that yes. to be unnecessary. I also found it just to be so obnoxious. I skipped right. over all the poems. Is that so bad of me? I was like, I, I, I would was just skip trying over. to like read the meaning into the poems this time around because I also read it twice. And it was a little painful. Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't understand why she also needed to be a poet. Like, she was already, like, a renowned author. Like, again, I feel like it was a way to, at the end, let us know she did it. And if you don't need to let us know at the end she did it, we can take out all of the poetry. You're totally right. We don't need it. We don't need it all. I heard somewhere someone say, like, the poetry was symbolism in that, like, Kaya was, like, not just learning, like, facts and biology textbooks but like 
she was like learning, um, like with heart or okay, something. Okay, so it's like, like showing that. another side of her, a softer yes. side that's not just like not just you an know, intellectual, biological thing, but a knowledge yeah. of. And it was her way to like express human emotion that she didn't really fully understand. So it was like adding depth to her character. I wonder right? if Delia Owens just really wanted to show off that she could write poetry <laughs> too. I, I literally thought the same. This time writing, like when I was going through it, I was like. This lady for sure just like had some poems she wanted to use. Like, yes. and she was like, well, I'm just going to stick them in this book. 100%. backfired a little bit. And like Amanda Hamilton is the, what is that? Who's Amanda Hamilton? But I do love that Tate's like, ooh, I didn't appreciate that. <laughs> I thought the poems were, were not good. I think that's so random and funny that they put that in there. I know. I love that too. Oh, it I really think it would have been better if the poet was like her mother or something. Yes. That had been like writing these poems and then they had this connection. And then it, I was just like a little let down at the end when it was, I was like, wait, You're what? I agree. It was, it was weird. At the end when you find out her, it's her, you're like, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. I don't know. It's weird. All right. Well, listen, Kaya, I'll uh, love her forever. I love her. I'm excited to see the movie. I am. We should, is it going to be in theaters? Like what's the, is it like one of those like, I don't know. We're going to have to watch it together. Are we should go movie theaters? I know. I like, <laughs> do, do movie theater releases, is, does that do happen? Do people go? We should watch it together. <laughs> That's should. something we should, should make we sure should. that yes. we do. Yes. We'll do maybe like a girls night and that'll be our movie night. Oh my God. And then maybe a road trip to the marsh. <laughs> <laughs> so that I can look for some crawdads singing. <laughs> All right. Okay. Go ahead, April. How do the crawdads sing? <laughs> I, I thought they looked like shrimp, but. No, that's it's not a, a terrible <laughs> description. I don't think that it is. <laughs> oh my gosh. Guys, I love you. This was amazing. Love you. Thank Yay. you for having us. Awesome. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CaitlinElliott.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. And hey, if you want to toss us a five-star rating, I would love you forever. Check us out next week for another new episode. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at so.what.else. Editing and all that stuff by Matt Carpenter with Parable Productions. What is this? Kevin Jonas? No. And they sing? What do you think I am? And they sing? They they chirp? They only hiss or they chirp or something. What kind of noise do they make? It's a... Why did I think it was a bird? I thought it was a bird. I thought it was a bird. I should have let you all record this. Yes, that's wait, funny. Save it. I knew. I thought it was like more. I thought it was shrimpier, but we like, have it. We we'll use it. It does look like a shrimp, kind of. Is it? It's so it's a like crawfish. a crawfish. It's a craw. Do you not oh, know what a crawfish are? No, it's not a fish, fish. But they. It's they like do. a little lobster. Yeah, they look. But oh. okay. I guess when I've seen them in pictures, like I always thought they. This look, is beyond. They look like. A so you not know what a crawfish is? I really don't. We're from Jersey. No, it's it's like Pennsylvania. It. You need it's to go to Wegmans. It's the frozen section. It's, um, it's like, like a mini lobster. We used to yeah. catch them in the creek. A lobster. Yeah, right. That's it's right. like a little lobster. It's yeah. a delicacy, really. Ew. They eat them in the south. Okay. Wait, so okay, what okay. kind of noise do they make? They're not bad. They're pretty good. Isn't April. See, this would have been a good and Yes. Gumbo. What kind of what kind of song do they sing? I don't so know that they sing. really sing. <laughs> Maybe they hiss if you pick but, it up. Okay, <laughs> but to Tilly's point, the book is called Where the Crawdads So they have to make sing. I but I think that's more um like metaphorical. metaphorical. Oh, that's, that's nice. why I thought it was a bird. Whoops. <laughs> They're <laughs> definitely not. <laughs>